Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Class today and breakfast is sponsored in loving memory of Patricia Masika Krichi Alea Shalom, Lilui Nishmat Patricia Elizabeth Bat Simha Alea Shalom, sponsored by the Zaga family. Our, our condolences and our wishes and our tefillot uh, go to, uh, to uh, our, uh, someone who works with us here every day, Jessica and her family, in this difficult time. And we pray that they experience Nechama Bezat Hashem Bekarov. Of course, as well, breakfast is for the Rifuash Lema, additionally, of Bryce and Millie Malka, Hermon, Ariel, Bat Livsha, and Millie Malka, Bat Ariel, sponsored by Yosef Hermon. Rabotai, this week's parasha begins with a directive, but in the directive are two letters which I would like to draw your attention to. God says to Moshe, saying, Speak to the Jewish people. They will take for me a, a donation, a something which is set aside. From every single person. That his heart is, uh, is generous, is, uh, is giving. From that person, you should take my tiruma, my, uh, my, tiruma my, my, my separation. Rabotai, I want to share with you an unbelievable story. I want to share with you an unbelievable story. Do you know when you read a story and it makes you mad? The last time I shared with you one of the stories that I read or a halakha that made me mad, if you remember, it was the case of the barber. Do you remember that case that we came across? Where the guy came in, he skipped the whole line, promised more, ran away. That was an example of one of the... But this one also initially made me very mad. And I was, I was thinking about it, I was confused, and eventually I came to a place of peace and I want to share it with you. And I think that is the kavanah of the pasuk. The Satmar Rebbe Aleva Shalom was someone who gave away tremendous amounts of money to tzedakah. He would collect fortunes of money and give it out. If money came into his office, he would give it out on the same day. Could you imagine? So if you gave him $100,000, the Satmar Rabbi felt, what are you doing? You're going to leave the money sitting here in your desk, in the bank account? until you... There's people waiting for it. It doesn't belong to you. You have, to, you have a responsibility to go and give it out immediately. I took some Musar personally from this as well, Rabotai. As well, you have money for tzedakah or ma'aser waiting. You know, you don't sit around waiting for something to come in and tickle your fancy like our English cousins would say. You go out and you give that money and belongs to the aniim. Why are you holding on to it? So he had this, this shita. One day, someone comes and gives him a lot of money. And a man on that day, it was his lucky day, knocks on the door, comes in, he's telling the rabbi how difficult it is. He can't, you know, make ends meet. His wife passed away. He, unfortunately, he's a hanger. He can't, you walk up properly on one of his legs, unfortunately. He can't make ends meet. His children, on and on and on. The rabbi feels terrible. He goes to his, uh, his uh, fund, the tzedakah funds. He draws a healthy donation for this man. He gives it to him and the man leaves. About three minutes later, there's an incessant knocking at the door. The rabbi says, come in. Who walks in? The gabai. Gabai says, rabbi, you're not going to believe it. I'm so sorry to have to bring you the news. The guy is a sketch. I saw him walk out the front of the shul. All of a sudden, a limp that he had disappeared. 
He told you this, his leg is broken, is this, he's hager, he can't walk, and the guy's walking, he's no problem. The rabbi stands up, the guy is sure that he feels the same way, he's going to send him after the guy to go get the money back. The rabbi says, his leg is fine, Baruch Hashem, thank God, a Jew can walk. This is what he says. The rabbi sits down, he continues learning, and again, three minutes later, more knocking on the door. The gabai runs in again, he says, Rabbi, he goes, I know what you said last time about his leg, but you know, he told you he lost his wife, this, that. When he walked out of the shul, in the corner, I saw he met a woman who was his wife. The, he, the guy was a lot, the sketch, a lot. he says, oh, Baruch Hashem, the guy has a shiduch, the guy has a wife, he has a beautiful Jewish family. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I can't tell you. I'm just going to let you into the way my brain works. My brain is always all over the place. I'm always pulling things that I remember from different places. And that's why, because I have a very active imagination. There was an ad campaign a while ago for an uh, Israeli telecom service called Golan. When Golan disrupted the telecom service in Israel, you know what they said? They started a whole new, you had only cellcom, you had only telephone. And in the incomes to the market, these upstarts called Golan, they undercut them all. And do you know what the tagline of Golan Telecom Company was in Israel? Maspik liot frayer. Enough to be taken advantage of. I'm, no, I'm out of dip no more. That's literally, that was their tagline, the strapline of the company. You're paying all these extra fees to telephone, to this one. Maspik liot frayer. Enough. Don't take advantage of me. I'm not a dib anymore. Enough of being a dib. My first reaction is, you, this guy walks out, he's lying. Maspik liot fry. Enough. Chalas. Another guy taking advantage of me of some, with some story, selling you snake oil, trying to take your hard-earned tzedakah ma'aser money. Annoyed. And not only was I annoyed, I'm annoyed at the rabbi. That's how the rabbi feels. Come on. Come on. I'm happy he doesn't have leg leg problems. I'm happy he's got married. What are you talking about? He just came to advantage of you. I'm happy for most people that they can walk, but for this guy to feel that he, I'm not so happy for him to be walking. Sometimes you feel this feeling, by the way, when you're in traffic. It's a lot of traffic, tremendous bottlenecking. You get to the thing, and right at the end, when you see what the accident was, what is it? The guy, his tail light is uh, busted. You know, you thinking this is what I'm late for an hour for work for? You know, you want to see someone dead on the side of the road. Right? This is sometimes people. You see a guy, has he, he broke his finger. He broke his finger. 3,000 people have to be late because he broke. It's almost like you want to see the guy hurt. Where does that come from? And I want to add to this. You have a ani like this. And really, the rabbi, on one level, he's right. And I, I want to talk to this point. Because in a certain sense, there's a conflicting sense of emotions here. On the one hand, you're giving tzedakah. That means... That you want to help somebody. You want only the best for them. Two seconds later, you find out the guy's a sham. It annoys you so much that he doesn't have a broken leg. Isn't that interesting? So you could argue and say, yeah, they're two different things. You know, I agree they're two different things. But, but do you hear where the rabbi was coming from? I've given the money already. I want to add one thing to this. There was a mother once who came to me. She says, Rabbi, you know, I give and I give to my children. He's never... The kid never appreciates it. How many times do you hear that from parents? I give to my children. They never appreciate it. I hear it sometimes from rabbis. 
right? You know, you give to, you give your heart, your life to the community, and they step all over you. And I remember a line that my rabbi said. He was teaching us about how parents raise children. And he says, and you hear this all the time from parents, can't believe it, I give my child my life, my heart, my money, and they show no appreciation. And my rabbi, in his beautiful way, smiles a big smile. And he said, well, it's a good thing then that we're not good parents for appreciation. Why are you a good parent? You love your child. Why are you a good parent? Because you want the kid to be a good kid. You know what they say? It would be nice if there was some appreciation. That would be nice. But that you did it for appreciation? Do it for appreciation. If you're a rabbi and you got into the business for appreciation, that was a terrible move. Get out the business as fast as possible. That's not why you become a rabbi. You become a rabbi because you have a sense of a higher mission. You want to be able to help. You want to be able to inspire. And you know what? Even if no one ever says thank you, it's not what it's about. Says the Pasuk, speak to the Jewish people. Who are you giving the tirumah to? Who are you giving the tirumah for? You're giving it for God. You're doing the mitzvah because it's the right thing to do. What happens after I've given the mitzvah? It doesn't make a difference. Think about it this way. The Samar Rabbi, he gave this money to the guy. Who did he give money to? He gave money to a person who had a limp, a person who was disabled, a person who lost his wife. The fact that afterwards it turned out that the man was not disabled and the man had a wife. Does that change the deed that he did from the moment that he did it? When do you decide the value of the mitzvah? In the moment when the person does it based on the intentions with which the person does it. Does it make a difference what happens afterwards? Makes no difference whatsoever. Says the Pasuk, You're giving the Sedaka, you're giving it because it's the right thing to do. Everything else doesn't matter. That's what the Pasuk says afterwards. It's like God turning to each and every one of us and saying, Honey, it's you and me. You're giving the money to me for my Beit HaMikdash, for my honor, and why are you giving it? Because you have a feeling in your heart that you want to do the right thing, you want to give it. From that type of a person, what happens afterwards is not only not our business, it doesn't matter. So you could feel once you've given that tzedakah, you know what? I'm not going to begrudge the guy a leg or a wife. Isn't that fascinating? Rabbi I find this to be true, not just in matters of tzedakah, but also in everything. A lot of times you hear from people, people feel desperate. I'm going to do this, and then what's going to happen? They're not going to even notice that I did it. They're not going to pay attention. The only, no one ever notices what I do. Who are you doing it for? Rabotai, I wanted to add one more thing, if that's okay. The gematria of the word li is 40. That's the gematria of the word, of the word li. The idea, the concept of 40 in Judaism appears again and again and again and again and again. But every single time the idea of 40 and the number of 40 appears, it's always associated with a concept of rebirth. The Mabul is on the earth for 40 days. Why? Because the world needed to be remade. A baby is in their mother's womb for 40, you know, for 40 days until it becomes a viable fetus. At that stage, it's a fully functional human being. Okay? 
The mikvah is 40 sa'ah. As well, when a person at the age of 40, we know that a person ben arba'im libina. Bina means that a person achieves a certain sense of wisdom, and that wisdom is bina lavin davar mitoch davar, to understand one thing from another. That idea of understanding one thing from another is the concept of rebirth. To take something which you have in one arena and to use it in a completely different arena. I think as well that's why people have a midlife crisis around 40. It's called the big 4-0. And the reason is because conceptually, intellectually, spiritually, we're supposed to take everything that we've learned and gathered up until this point and achieve something new with it. Davar mitoch davar. I got this job, by the way, when I turned 40. So there's a job, there's an idea. People don't realize it. They think that that angst happens just because they want to move on. But really, it's the body, it's the neshama, it's the soul telling them, do something more, change it up. I think that's also why the, the, the study of Kabbalah also begins at the age of 40 for the same reason. I want to share with this with you. If a person could get their head around this, I don't do it for someone else's notice, noticing, for someone else's appreciation. I don't do it because they're going to say thank you. I don't do it because the only reason why I'm doing it is right. If a person can do it that way, they experience a rebirth. The Torah becomes something completely new. In that moment, your life changes. Bezat Hashem, we should all be zocheh to do everything for the right reason and experience the true connection with Hakadosh Baruch Hu that that brings. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen. Amen.